how I like to start these conversations about individuals' journeys. And, you know, unfortunately yours has, has been a little wild, right? And I, I'm interested to, to talk with, you know, with the, with, the, with the graduating class of 2020, right? A member of, of that society. It's, I think it's going to be just, uh, it's going to be so strange, man, looking back. And I just want to get, where's your headspace at? How's this year been for you and your classmates? And just overall, man, it, it, has it been horrible? Has it been inspiring? <laughs> has it been, where, where are you at like mentally right now? And how's everything been this year? Yeah, I mean, so back in March, the world took a turn. I think everyone remembers that pretty vividly. But for me and my peers, I just, I'm a student in Aurora, Colorado. It was my senior year of high school. You know, we were just getting to the point where it was supposed to be senioritis and we were supposed to like have the best time of our lives these next two months because we're almost done. And, um, and then suddenly school got canceled and then, like everyone was happy at first and we we're like, yeah, this is great. Like, like, let's, two weeks off. <laughs> two weeks off. And then two weeks turned into two months and then, and then it turned into graduation on YouTube in May. Mm. Um, so it was quite a, a really challenging time, I think, for our peers, just because we, we really didn't know what to expect. And at the same time, a lot of us were hearing back from colleges of like, mm, right. yeah, this is where you're going to be going. But there was so much uncertainty and it felt so irrelevant almost. Like this whole mm. college thing is just like, the world is literally like burning right now. Like, why are we, why do we care about college? Um, so everyone was so taken aback. We didn't know what to do. Um, and I think, you know, things calmed down a little bit. We we all figured it out. We were really lucky here in Colorado. You know, it, it's not as bad. The coronavirus uh, wasn't as intense as some other states. Um, so we actually got to do an in-person graduation in July. It was a really short ceremony. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we got to do something. And for me personally, um, my school decided to do all online. And I just really was like taking a look back and I was like, you know, the college experience for me is not about the academics or anything like that. It was really just the people and like learning from your peers. And I, I find that pretty hard to do on Zoom when you can't have right. that close connection. So I was just like, you know, I um, we will talk about this probably more, but um, I have a lot of social impact work I can be doing. Right. And the world is in such a, a weird spot right now that it just seems so relevant to be doing this work. And yeah. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna take a gap year. Um, I'll, I deferred my admission. And I said, you know, like, I will come back next year. And like, whatever it is next year, that's fine. But for this year, it just didn't seem right to first go to school online. But just second, just like with the where where the world is at right now, I just felt like, you know, this is a great time to be continuing my work and giving it my full attention. And um, I think the world is allowing for that right now more than it yeah. would otherwise. Yeah. So I just felt like it was a better decision. So yeah, I'm on a, a gap year. I, I do all of my nonprofit work uh, yeah. day in, day out, um, work with some amazing team members, but it's been a fun journey. And I'm always thinking about like, oh my gosh, when I go to school next year, it's going to be like a year and a half since I've like taken a class, but you know, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> so so wait, when are you going to move? Are you going first tell everybody where you're going to go for college and, and are you going to be moving? there you're gonna do online for a little yes. bit yes 
So I'm going to be attending Harvard, uh, hopefully next year. Um, actually, I will be like whatever they end up doing. <laughs> I'm not going to be two years <laughs> yeah, out of school, right? right? right. Um, uh, so hopefully it's in person. Uh, the world's in a better place and I'll be moving to Boston. And, you know, they, they did welcome students on campus this year, but it's essentially all online school in your dorm room. So mm. if like, you really take a step back and look at that, that is a little bit like person. <laughs> so I was just like, um, that's not for me. But yeah, so I'll be moving to Boston next year. And hopefully it'll be an exciting journey. I mean, there's so much, so much out there. Do, do you see your other, some of your other classmates or anything take the same route as far as the gap year? So not directly in like my classes or any of my close friends, but through some of the scholarships I was awarded like that network. I've seen a lot of mm-hmm. students actually. I mean, in fact, Harvard, I think close to 20% of their class deferred uh, their admission. So there's like a solid four or 500 kids who aren't going this year uh, that would otherwise. So, I mean, yeah, I think it, it's definitely increased this year. Um, But for some of my other friends, it was just like, I don't know what I'm really going to do with all of that time. And it's not like a time you can really get a lot of internships. It's not like you can go to a shelter and volunteer. Like there isn't that much. I think I was in a, I was really, really lucky that I'm in a position where I do have an organization I can work with. And like those, those terms are on kind of, you know, because I'm in the founder position and because I'm the leader of it, like I can do a lot more than, because if I didn't have equal and I didn't have that work, I probably wouldn't be able to do much right like there's no internship opportunities right now like there's nothing out there everything's like almost closed still so yeah I think I'm in a really lucky place there so let's talk about let's talk about equal and let's talk about what's the purpose you know what's the mission why did you start it what was the sort of moment where you know you decided to start it you know I think it's always interesting when that light bulb goes off but then it's you know it's also a real big decision in the person's life to actually act on it right and being yes. so young man that's a it's a really really amazing decision that you made right and and i want to just understand the thought yeah. process and, and kind of you know what really what was the turning point to really make it happen yeah so um in order to talk about equal we have to talk a little bit more backstory about sure an older organization. So I'll just start with the the beginnings of the story where they all rooted from. So when I was in eighth grade, a close friend of mine and I, we took a class, it was called Building a Better Community. And essentially it was all about do something positive with your time. Like we, you know, Mm -hmm. it's middle school. It's not like we have a lot on our plates, right? Like we were just middle schoolers. So the class was completely structured around just doing something positive. So I did a fundraiser for a local foster care shelter. My close friend did a fundraiser for an animal shelter. And we just, we loved it like mm-hmm. going around the school collecting donations we were kind of the kids that stood outside of grocery stores that everyone was like oh my gosh they're gonna ask me for money again. <laughs> um, and they like try to go through the other door like we we noticed we noticed but like we were just really excited to do something positive and I think for me it came from a place of my parents had always shown me the importance of service and giving back but mm-hmm. I just didn't know when and where and how and like I wasn't in a position necessarily that I could go volunteer whenever I wanted. Like I couldn't drive to a shelter. I couldn't do any of that. So the fact that this class, it was really structured around like your own schedule and kind of like you have school time to work on it. Like it made a lot more feasible. So I was like, yeah, I mean, this was great. And so really enjoyed that class. And so did she. And then she texted me like, a month later and she's like you know I had a lot of fun <laughs> and it seems like you had a lot of fun with our projects like do you want to do a project together and like we could pass out um, or distribute some 
hygiene materials or meals or something to people experiencing homelessness, people out on the streets. Like that seemed to be an issue that we both were really interested in. But for some reason in that class, they didn't allow us to work with that issue. I'm not exactly sure why. <laughs> but so she, we were just like, you know, it's on our own terms. We could do whatever. And we went ahead and was like, yeah, we're going to we're going to do that. So we were two eighth graders. We were like, we want to do this project. And we were talking to some teachers and it was like, we have to raise money. And then a couple months later, we realized if you want to raise money, most of the time you have to be like a tax exempt organization mm -hmm. or something like that. So we were like, okay, what is that? So <laughs> I want you to imagine like two eighth graders, right. like in the lunchroom with like a, one of those small Chromebooks and like sitting with a printed paper from the IRS. I think it's called like the 1023. I remember. So yeah. Long yeah. And like literally knew nothing. Like uh, the questions we were Googling was like, what is the IRS? <laughs> like, what does all this stuff mean? And we didn't know how to file anything. And obviously like, it's not like we had a bunch of money to go. Like we could have just be like, let's go get an accountant to help us. There's like yeah. someone who does this. So we kind of just run our own. And um, I called the IRS multiple times and we're just like, help <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they were probably really confused why an eighth grader is calling them. But we got it filed. <laughs> Um, so we decided to uh, put it all together and we were going to call ourselves helping the homeless Colorado and we filed and then like three weeks later we got the approval letter and we were like oh my gosh <laughs> like we actually did it so now we went out and gained some funding we raised like two thousand dollars which was like a lot a lot for us yeah we like, for sure. so shook like oh my gosh we would stand outside of like the grocery store when someone would hand us a hundred dollars it was like oh my gosh <laughs> the day just was made um, so uh, I I mean, it was really, really organic like that. And then we just started collecting items. So we would go to like bakeries and be like, you know, whatever food you have left over, yeah. like we'll take it. We'll package it up into sandwiches. And we went and distributed. We did that every Saturday. My dad would drive us downtown. Um, we would just go pass out things. And we did it so many times. Oh my gosh, probably for eight months continuously every single Saturday. Like we would wake up 10, 10 a.m., do the same thing. It was so much fun. And over time, I started to learn a lot. Like after going and passing out things, we would talk to people out on the streets and we'd be like, wow, these guys have really, really interesting stories. And homelessness is not necessarily what we thought it was. Like it's right. not a lot, like a lot of these people are just like me like they had the same origins and now they're in this position so why and then you know we were we wanted to take the organization to the next level so we continued to grow it we added some new programs um, we learned about this huge need of students in uh, experiencing homelessness so we were like maybe we could create a scholarship we started to learn more about donors and how to engage people and host more fundraisers that raised more than just a hundred dollars and it really really started to grow um and then around the senior year of my high uh, senior year of high school for me we had distributed over fifty thousand basic necessities. We had a team of over 25 teams wow. working with us. Uh, we raised over $140,000 wow. over the years. We sent five students to college, um, homeless students. So it was really, really like an organic traction. Didn't know what we were doing exactly. It's not mm -hmm. like we had a huge vision for where it was going, but it was more of like, you know, we can help and this is another need. So we're going to help out. Yeah. So it was a huge success. And then it was after our second benefit gala, my senior year of high school, right around this time last year, we were just like, okay, what do we do now? Because mm -hmm. Alyssa and I, my co-founder, we were going to be graduating. We didn't really have a structure in place. Like what I was saying before, like we didn't really have like a- We just run you know, on adrenaline and passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, literally, right? So we were just like, you know, 
it doesn't seem like we can just pass this on to someone like there's so much they don't know yet and we haven't taken the time to train everyone or whatever and there was some like guilty part of myself it's like I really really liked this work um and I don't want to stop this work but it's not it's something's not fitting and what wasn't mm-hmm. fitting was it was like the elephant in the room where you know some of helping the homeless Colorado's programs were great like the scholarship educating people it's like perfect we're making a real difference and then things like passing out basic necessities we had a little bit of trouble with because it is a great need to be filling like that I'm not denying that it's a need that people on the streets do need basic necessities they do need a meal every now and then but really really bugged us was the next morning the same problem would exist so essentially we were band-aiding the problem we weren't really offering a solution so we were thinking okay why don't you know we're a little all over the place we don't have a target market like (laughs) we don't have goals for the future we also just don't want to do programs that local community groups are already doing like we already have hundreds of people packaging up sandwiches and doing that so i don't know if that's the right program for a nonprofit. maybe in eighth grade it was great but now maybe there's more we could do So we started to do some research and really trying to focus in on students in poverty and homelessness. Like Mm -hmm. this is a group that we don't know much about and we don't talk much about. Like no one really knows what student poverty and homelessness, like that it even exists. And that's such a big problem. Like right here in Colorado, we have over 22,000 students experiencing homelessness, but no one talks about it because we don't really know. Um, So we're just like, you know, there's so many shelters out there. There's so many organizations working to support people out on the streets, but there's not a lot working to support students specifically who are struggling. And, you know, sometimes students stay at homeless shelters. Sometimes they stay at a friend's house. Sometimes they're sleeping in their cars. Sometimes they're staying in like the lot of grocery stores like they are all over the place and not necessarily acting like the typical homeless population so we're like what if we created an organization that can first grow outside of colorado so it could be something we do for more time um but two it can really focus in on a specific group of people and then three like really create effective programming around it that we're really really making a difference and asking the population we're trying to serve about what they need help with yeah because like i think that's a big misconception in the nonprofit sector that we come in thinking that because we are trying to do something good sometimes we forget to even ask the people we're trying to help right what do you need help with like like, you know as eighth graders we're like well if you're homeless you need toilet paper yes you do but there's so much more to the problem and taking the time to learn that is really really critical so that is where the idea of equal was born and we spent nine months doing everything from research to program development to recruiting new team to really building the infrastructure. We launched it back in June. And now I am here, like on a gap year, (laughs) doing it full time. We're working on getting funders. We're uh, piloting two of our programs this spring. I mean, it was a huge transformation. Really excited about where we're going. And that was a really, really long answer to your question. I love (laughs) it, man. I I do the same thing. So uh, I don't (laughs) mind it at all. So what were some of the you mentioned that you know you actually sat down and, and talked right with people and and got got answers directly from them so what did you learn from that what were some of the the feedback that you got and what were the needs that, that they were saying that, that they were needing yeah so what we really did is sat down with you know okay so the first big challenge when it comes to students in extreme poverty or homelessness is there's a huge 
challenge with self-identification. And what I mean by that is it is extremely embarrassing for someone to come forward and say, like, I don't have a place to stay at night. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. So these students don't um, and they don't communicate their troubles and they really just try and figure it out on their own, which is a really big challenge. And uh, so what we did is like, you know, as many students as we can find some of our scholars from helping the homeless, like maybe we could talk to them. We started there. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we talked with the people they're working with the most and that's their teachers. Like if anyone knows, it's most likely their teachers because they're the ones coming up to them after class and saying, I can't do the homework tonight because of this, or I can't afford to go on this field trip, or I don't have a computer to finish this homework. Right. So we went to lower income school districts and we just interviewed teachers. Uh, you know, granted, we did all the primary research with the, the peer reviewed journals and all that. We got that covered, but yep. it's re- there's something valuable at sitting there and talking to the people who are yeah. directly interacting with this population instead of just reading all the research, right? So we just learning about the challenges that these students face with when it comes to, um, I'm sure everyone knows listening probably that like when a student comes home from school at the beginning of the year, there's like, some two three hundred dollar check that a parent has to write like it's like oh i need money for this like this book we're gonna read this field trip we're gonna go on this fee like they just add up right sure but these students can't make that same ask because their parents don't have that kind of money or sometimes their parents have no idea like we have students who don't whose parents don't even speak english like they don't even know what to expect with all this let alone they're working jobs that they can't fork up that money. So it's either you put food on the table or you pay rent or um, you go on the field trip. So which decision are they going to choose? It's fairly obvious, right? So these students get don't get to make that same ask. At the same time, these students, they don't see a path to higher education. I think from freshman year in some schools that are very privileged, uh, the initial conversations about college start there. Mm. Um, that like, where are we going to go? Why do you have to get good grades? Why the SAT and ACT? Why are these things so important? Because Mm. it's about college. When you go to lower income school districts and you specifically hone in on this population, that's not their focus. They don't even understand why they should pay $30,000 to go to undergrad for one year that when they can't even put food on the table at their house. Like they see the value in working instead of going to high right. school. But the challenge is in five, six years, they come back. They don't have the skills to be employed in a good job in our workforce. So then they're struggling in the same spot. So there's a huge mentality shift that we are battling against. And, and, and the core of all that problem is just the self-identification piece that these students don't come forward when they do need help. And the, and the times that they do, it's, a very challenging process and there has to be a sense of trust between the person they're sharing this information with and all that good stuff. So, I mean, those were some of the few challenges um, that we started to notice when we were thinking about, okay, what programs are we going to build? What were some of the conversations like, like after you talked to to, to teachers or or you, or you, you know, you found students that were were in this predicament, like what's that convert? Like, do they come to you? Do you go to them? Like what's, like you said, I mean, are they ready? I'm sure they're not just like ready to go and and, and tell you like all this stuff, right? Like you said, they're they're sort of they're they're, they're not going to be willing to to talk with anybody, right, mm-hmm. about certain things. So like, what is those conversations like when you find a student, right, that's in need? What's that first conversation like? And 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 it- yeah, I mean, for our teachers, you know, they want help i mean these teachers like they they want more organizations to be focusing on this population so they are all open doors i mean obviously they don't share um information about specific students but they really like 
no teacher was hesitant to give us information like they were telling here's the real challenges guys like here's what you need to know and what's interesting about that is i was a student at the time everyone in the organization was a student at the time it's like they're literally talking about kids that could have been in one of my classes mm -hmm. i just have no idea who, that this kid maybe that was sitting next to me in math class was having a completely different life than myself so that that was not a challenge as far as getting teachers to speak and um they they really talk about experiences that they have with specific students they opened up our eyes because the thing is like i have never been a student in extreme poverty or homelessness so therefore i do not know about their experiences so yeah um, I, I meant i meant like when you talk to the students right when, yes. you, when you went and got people into the program right yes. what is what is that like what is those conversations like right how does that happen yeah, so um, the way that, for example, for our scholarship, so we have a scholarship that sends basically students in need um, to higher education if they need it. Um, and basically they apply, we partner up with the Community College Foundation in Colorado. So those students apply through there. And the reason we have that partnership is because it is easier for those students to share that information mm -hmm, with their school mm -hmm. instead of just this random nonprofit yeah, that says sure. we're going to pay right, right, for right, your right. college. So we partner up with them. They send us the applications and then really that breaks a huge barrier for us. Um, and like, it's a lot more comfortable. And then when we have those, for example, those five students during Helping the Homeless Colorado that we uh, mm. Yeah. brought into our program like they because we're supporting them it takes a while to build that relationship yeah. so we set up phone calls we talk about like what are your challenges like what can we be of help with right now and at the beginning they're they're a little hesitant to share about everything yeah. going on or still a little bit i don't know if it's appropriate for me to ask for help and then yeah. after a while when they really realize that we're here to support them and that we're here to help them they they become more and more open and some of our scholars are like literal rock stars <laughs> like um, they one for example she's a vet tech she's working full time she all she needed was a little boost from us to get on the right track the other transferred uh, one year out of our scholarship to a full ride to a four-year institution i yeah. mean she was just completely set she just needed one year of help um, and then the other, she's one of ours is still in our program and we're uh, still helping her out. She reaches out when she has struggles or whatever, and we try and get her connected with the right people. So uh, it's really a relationship we have to build with those students. What, so what are the, because the, I think what I was reading, there's there's sort of two, you know, programs or, or two sort of tiers within within equal. Talk about those, those two. And, and I know we talked about a little bit about the scholarships, right? But I yes. know there's more to it than, than just that, right? So equal, we call it perform and inform. That's the two pillars of our organization. Um, perform is where we directly support the students we're trying to uh, help. And then on the other side, inform is educating our general population. So mm. people like me and you about this issue. So mm -hmm. I'll start with perform. We have our scholarship, which basically sends students uh, in poverty or homelessness to college at any one of our 39 partner institutions. So that scholarship happens every year. We get way too many applications. Sure. So challenging to narrow it down, but um, we narrow it down and we support those students specifically. In uh, Perform, we also have something called the Equal Experience Fund. So when I was talking before about that cost that yeah, every parent sure, gets man. that check at the beginning of the year that they need to pay. So yeah. I was saying, you know, these students miss out on that opportunity. They don't get that graphing calculator. They don't get 
get that computer. They don't get to go on the fill trip. So the Equal Experience Fund is a microgrant program. Essentially, we say, you know, we'll cover your computer costs, like a student who applies to our program, like your computer cost is covered. But in exchange, you're going to take a mini course and you're going to get paired up with a mentor that's going to show you the importance of higher education. We're going to get help you get resources in your school, like get you signed up for free and reduced lunch, get you signed up for different uh, resources that your school offers for a student in your position, because those resources aren't being used because these students are too afraid to come forward. So we help them out with that process. So it's essentially, we'll give you what you need to be successful in school, because no one's going to deny having a computer makes English class easier, right? Like we all get that. But on top of that, our real goal is that the student gets from point A to point B, which is how do we get you on a path to higher education, whether that's community college, education certificates, trade school, vocational school, four-year institutions. That's the goal with that program. And then with our, uh, the rest, it kind of ties into the inform part and this last part of perform all tie into young people getting involved. So this next couple of months, we're going to be launching our chapters program, hopefully. And essentially students create an equal club where they help distribute our programming. They help create social awareness campaigns in their school to really draw attention to the issue of student poverty and homelessness. And that should be something that can replicate around the nation that schools all over students can take the lead and say, you know what, this is an issue I care about. Mm -hmm. And here's how I'm going to help, whether it's I'm going to collect classroom supplies, I'm going to organize a mini campaign or rally in my school. um, I'm going to put up posters drawing attention to the issue that's how that all ties in together so there's a huge youth activism youth uh, leadership piece into the whole uh, organization when you talk about you know vocational schools and, and traditional college or community college or skills training uh, there's, there's a lot of different paths to quote-unquote higher education right or, or the mm-hmm. pathways to to get out of sort of poverty and, and one thing that i'm you know, really passionate about and and uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of them is sort of these coding boot camps mm-hmm. and, and using sort of technology to quickly yes. train people right and get them into high paying jobs. Mm-hmm. I think it's such an amazing opportunity that students have right it, yeah. especially coming from poverty and, and homelessness even to, to say like you still have to go to a four year university right and you have to figure out what you want to do and all this stuff. And it's like, if a person really loves computers, right, it, it, you know, at yeah. 18 or something like that, and they're like, you know what, I just want to be a web developer, right? Or I want yeah. to do these, you know, like, I, maybe I don't want to go to a four-year college because mm-hmm. like you said, you know, maybe they're not, not mentally, the pre- for everyone. yeah, maybe they're not mentally prepared to go on campus, right? And kind of yeah. be in that, that, that that's a whole nother aspect East, right? of, of being, right? You have to be socially aware and like, uh, Maybe a lot of people like I'm socially kind of awkward, right? Like I don't like to be around a lot of people. So I think this is a major opportunity. I was wondering if maybe you're partnered with with potential, happy to introduce you to tons, man. But like, I think that's a really good opportunity to to, to say, hey, yeah. not only do we have community college, not only do we have vocation, like, traditional, we also have this, you know, boot camp opportunity as well, right? We can go learn and train and you can get a job and you know, 16 yeah. months, you know, you're 19, 20 years old, making 60, 70 grand, like, these yeah. are real opportunities for people. Yeah, you know, so I just want to get your thoughts on, on that. 
Yeah, of course. So when we bring students into our scholarship program, we don't have a requirement of graduation. We don't have a specific degree you need to get. Essentially, we sit down together and you give us your academic goals. So if you really mm. want to be a web yeah. developer, then Google offers so many, like <laughs> they <laughs> are looking for people like you. So it's like, we're not going to send you, we're not, it's no use for anyone here to try and spend the money to get you an associate's degree when that's what you want to do. So right. let's get you on that path. So we are completely for any type of higher education but the, our goal is there needs to be something because the research shows that it's very very challenging to get a good job with just a high school diploma yeah. and you know i'm not saying 100%. it's impossible right but no, there needs definitely. to be some higher education in the mix so whether that's i'm going to go on even coursera and take that yeah. it management course like that they yeah. offer in that certificate and get to work like if that's a 500 dollars cost that equal can help out with like why wouldn't we right? right and if that's some students come to us and they really do want to go to community college or they really do want to go to a four-year institution yeah, absolutely then we can work on helping out but our goal is your academic goals what do you want to get out of your education that's, that's a really hard question though right yeah. for 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 a 16 17 18 year old kid like somebody would have asked me back you know like I wouldn't have had any idea right like I don't you know so like what are what are some of the answers that that you're given right like so what ends up I mean we do have some scholars so what ends up happening is with the cycle of poverty you have students who either they don't finish high school or they do graduate from high school but then they don't go to any higher education yeah. um what happens is they go to work so they think that yeah. they're gonna get this job whatever and then in five years they come back yeah. and say I can't uh, I can't. So it's a lot of times our scholars are already in their 20s. So yep. they've kind of figured out a little yeah, bit. So they have more sure. direction. In theory, with the experience fund, with taking those kids in, providing whatever they need during public education, and then pairing up with that mentor, yeah, we're yeah. going to start those conversations a little bit earlier so that these students like on that brink aren't just like, oh my gosh, I have no idea yet. Right. <laughs> um, but we do have even a scholar right now who's just, just like, I changed and you know, yeah. we're happy to support you through that. We get it. Like everyone's going through change. Sure. I don't even know what I'm going to study. Right. right so right. Um, we get that flexibility, but a lot of times, you know, if those confusions come from a place of not necessarily even knowing or even trying out what they want to do. So with our mentorship, like one of the things that we highly encourage is like, if you want to be a mechanic or if you want to do something like that, you should go shadow someone who's doing that. Yeah, like sure. we get no, the problem is we don't spend yeah. the time learning about what we want to do. So then we're just yeah. so confused. So it's the same that applies to this population. But the thing is, they don't have that kind of opportunity. They don't have someone who's pointing in them that direction. So our goal is to limit and like narrow it down. But yeah, we do support anyone. You know, if you have your educational goals, they shift. We get it. But the goal is like, what, how do we get you on your feet again? Like, how do we mm -hmm. get you on a place mm -hmm. that you don't need a charity to support you, that you can support your own family, that you have your own job, that you're on the right path and something like that. So we're very, very flexible. And like with all of these programs, we're working with real people. So this is all a relationship we have to mm -hmm. build with these students. And this isn't a rubric. This isn't a clean cut, like whatever. <laughs> it's like, that's why we put so much mentorship into all of our programs, because these guys really do need a, a friend in their corner and we can't just put requirements on everyone because it's not going to work. Like these students are just like other students. They're all over the place, like trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. So that's why we emphasize a heavy relationship-based model with all of our programming. It's all about getting to know the student, helping them out on their specific journey. We talked a lot about Colorado, right? And, and kind of where it all started. Now you're, you're going to be moving, right? And and so does does now equal expand to, to the Boston area, right? Like what are 
what are plans now <laughs> yeah i mean because that's it's going to be tough for you to be there and kind of do everything in colorado so like I assume that you would love to to open this up to to cities where oh, yeah. it's needed, right? So, what does that look like now as we look toward the future of, of sort of the expansion of, of this idea across you know multiple cities? Yeah, so that was one of the big things that we changed from helping the homeless to equal was like we are yeah. already limited to being Colorado yeah. with helping the homeless <laughs> Colorado. So the goal is we want this to grow out of Colorado. Um, you know, we want to do our piloting and our learning about the community and like figuring out our programs fi- like fully here because we're more familiar with the area. But those chapters and those school clubs that I was talking about, like we want students in every state at every high school to create their own equal club because like why not? So that's how we first plan to expand it out. So even when I go to Boston, I would hopefully be in contact with more students that can maybe be interested in starting an equal mm-hmm. club at their school, even college, uh, like chap- campus chapters and universities is definitely a possibility. And then at the same time, as the number of students and youth leaders who are like, yes, I'm the club president at like whatever Smoky Hill High School in Aurora or like whatever that's how we're also going to be able to distribute all of these programmings because once you're in the school you're directly in the spot that the students who are struggling are going to be so then those students at that club can start introducing this program to their counselors they can start mm-hmm. distributing like one thing we have to remember with the education system is that it's exceptionally slow when it comes yeah. to change like the education system does not work fast like change is really really hard but it's a lot faster when you go the student route so how much more inclined are you going to be listen or how much more inclined are you going to be to listen to someone who's a leader in your school versus me coming out from getting on the phone with a counselor from California trying to convince them that we have a scholarship that's going to work like that's not the effective model the effective model is to get young people involved and then they become the voices for the organization so it continues to expand to different states i want to go back to a little bit of of your journey uh over this last year or, or just yeah. over high school and was harvard always the place you wanted to go to um <laughs> or what was that process like to to actually you know apply or and get accepted or, or get a scholarship but what was the what was the path like to 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 choose that that uh, university yeah, so Harvard was really, really interesting for me because in middle school, I think I was always like, yeah, I want to go to Harvard, but sure. it wasn't like a goal that I really actually thought of. I just kind of was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Harvard. And then, you know, around my freshman year of high school and sophomore year of high school, I wasn't thinking about college at all. Um, in fact, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to like my state school here because, um, like I just, I love everything with helping the homeless. Like, I don't know yeah. if I really want to move. Wasn't even thinking about it. I was the kid. And Colorado's who, also epic. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, not a bad place at all. I love Colorado. Again, I'm here again for a year. So it was like, I literally had no idea. I wasn't even thinking about college. Like I was the kid who like, they were like the ACTs next week. And I was like, oh my God, like, do I have to study for that or something? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I was not paying attention uh, to the college process until like the end of my junior year of high school when some of my teachers were like, I hope you know that you are like a competitive candidate. I was like, like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you mean? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> They're just like, you know, like all the work you're doing with um, like helping the homeless and like your grades are like doing good. And it's like, why don't, are you considering like where you want to go? And they started to like put that in my mind a little bit more. And I was like, uh, in my head, it was like, people who go to harvard or whatever like people who solve like world problems or something you know like it's like i'm not like i'm not elon musk or i don't know like i didn't create (laughs) like this like i'm just doing something so they kind of planted in my head and then i thought more about it and i was just like 
wow, like actually maybe I should apply. And the application process was absolutely, I have a big problem with the college application process. Yeah, I hear you. I I would imagine. (laughs) Yeah, right. So like then, you know, at the end of my junior year, my teachers like kind of put it in my head and I started thinking more about it. And then I started doing more research about different schools and I started to create lists and like really trying to find where it would be a good fit. And Harvard was like, yeah, I guess it was the middle school dream. So I should just put it on there. Like, why not? (laughs) Yeah. And then around the fall of my senior year of high school, it's when everyone starts applying and I started writing and like the writing was such a challenging part, like writing essays and writing about myself. Um, was really hard for me because when it comes to writing about equal, I'm, I love it. Like I can sure. write about yeah. anything with equal right. as long as you want. But when it comes to like me and equal, I was like, okay, I'm not entirely sure how to go about this. So it was a really, really challenging process. And it was one of those things that I became more invested in it as I learned more about like the process itself. So, you know, you asked me a year ago, like my fall of my junior year of high school, I probably didn't really care about the college process. And then my senior year, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I, I got to get going and I got to learn about how I'm going to write these essays and have like my closest allies, like my teachers or whatever, read through them and help me right. edit them. So it was a really, really long process. But I guess if anyone listening is curious, um, I just think when when you read all those blogs and when you read everyone saying like, I think admissions officers are genuinely trying to get to know the the candidate. I actually really believe that. Um, Like my SAT and ACT score was nowhere near where like all these hard, like Harvard students will be going. Um, Like, I think I'm in like the lower, like 20% (laughs) or whatever. I was like probably at one of the lower scores in the class, but that's fine. Right. Because we're all in the same spot. Um, And I think it was just really writing honestly and authentically about myself what I've learned throughout the years what I want to do in the future and like you know helping the homeless Colorado was a part of that but not the whole whole point um so yeah yeah, I mean I'm happy to tell more about the college process but (laughs) (laughs) so I usually like to uh to end a little bit on the future you know and and I know you know it's it's always tough to talk about the future especially right now but yeah I I think you know just just from our 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 conversation you've kind of you know, learn to sit down and do that a little bit, right? You did that kind of <laughs> right. with, with equal, right? You said, look, I, I think that if we really want to do this, we have to sit down and look at a sustainable way to to sure. build out an impactful organization, right? So what, I guess over the, let's say, you know, over the next, next five years, right? When you sort of, you know, graduate, leave Harvard, what are some of the successes and goals that, you know, you'd want to accomplish, you know, for, for equal, uh, maybe personally as well, but like, do you sit down and start to think about those things right now? And what do what do, what are those things look like? Yeah, I mean, the future is like always in my mind right now because um, I don't know, for some reason I feel like I'm getting like super old because I use like throughout the years, I would tell the story, right? I'd be like, I'm 14 and then it became I'm 15 and then I'm 16 and now I'm like, okay, I'm 18. And I know I'm not like super yeah, old or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? But it's just like, oh my gosh, like I can't pull like I'm a middle schooler anymore. Like that doesn't right. work. Now I'm a student at, in college, right? So um, for equal specifically in five years, I hope that first of all, the leadership of the organization is so there that it's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. even need me anymore right, to like right. 
have it last. Like the, I know there's millions of passionate student leaders out there who just want to do something positive. And I hope if anyone's listening, who's like that, like you reach out to me and we'll get you in the organization. <laughs> but like, I don't want it to be something that is completely dependent on me. And that's why I'm really giving this time this year to help build out strong roles, to help build out strong leaders who can take parts of the organization right. over. Right. But I hope as, as far as vision that, we are in a ton of campus chapters like that we have students across the nation um, who are hosting their own equal clubs that are passionate about fighting for education equality, that our scholarship is supporting more and more students every single year and that those students not only are off their feet now that they're on their own, that we were able to help them really make a difference in their life, but they're coming back and supporting the students who are struggling right now as a mentor or something like that, right? That they're giving back to the same community. And I just want, I hope that like for, that the programs of equal, like I know they're really strong and I hope that they start really impacting a lot of people's lives, but my real core vision is just like young people, like young, passionate uh, leaders are taking the lead because I was in the same position four years ago when I would go pitch to a business that like I have a nonprofit like people laugh at me you know like they wouldn't yeah. take me seriously like why should I give this eighth grader five hundred dollars and whatever so it's like I hope equal becomes a real testament to like how powerful youth can be like mm-hmm. that yeah we're a youth-led nonprofit yeah we don't have full-time employees but we have some really, really strong team members who, and leaders across the nation who are pulling the organization forward. And like, I mean, I could go on a whole thing about like the importance <laughs> of Gen Z because when it comes to our social media and our content yeah. creation, like, I'm sorry, but I think we do it a lot better than a lot of for organizations sure. out sure. there. 100%. And for some reason, we still don't get a seat at the table, which is very frustrating. But um, like, I hope that it really shows people in society that how powerful like youth movements and youth involvement in social action can really be. Amazing, man. Well, thanks so much for, for taking the time to chat and you know, man, you've already accomplished so much, man, at such a young age. So, you know, whatever, whatever has inspired you up to this point and you know, whatever your mental pro- thought process is like, keep doing it, man. You know, it's, uh, you. it's yes. taking, <laughs> it's taking you down. I'm telling you, man, it, a lot of people don't, don't, you know, get the opportunity to do what you're doing. You know, yeah. they, they, you know, like you said, I mean, you, you kind of took a chance early on and just did what you wanted to do. Right. And, and not no shame in standing outside asking for money for, for, right. <laughs> for your organization. Right. But like, that's hard to do, you yeah. know, and, and it might not seem that way because you like to do it, enjoy to do it. But, you know, that takes a certain kind of person with a certain kind of drive. So, you know, keep staying motivated, man. Keep building out the team, yeah, the organizations and the programs and uh, just, just keep grinding, man. And, and yes. Best of luck sure. to you and, and tell the team thank you and, and keep and just keep yes. crushing it, man. All right. Yeah, we'll, we will be doing that. And thank you so much for bringing me on. It was a lot of fun. Um, always love sharing. And if anyone's listening, wants to learn more about Equal, like never be afraid to reach out. Or if you want to start your own initiative with some support, like I'm always here to help out anyone who needs help. <laughs>